Welcome everyone to the episode zero of the Zeitgeist Lab Collections podcast. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm one of the co-hosts and I'm joined by my other co-host, Brian. Brian, how's it going? I'm doing good. We had an interesting chat before we got on the mics, but uh, I'm doing good. There's, but I'm, I'm still processing some, <laughs> For sure. some information. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that will start to come to light over the course of the next, you know, 10 to 15 episodes. Um, yeah, this is just episode zero, so we got to save that for later. Absolutely. So I think we're going to start by kind of explaining the the basis of the pod, um, the idea behind it, and maybe what we're hoping to accomplish. So I had been, it started as wanting to do a podcast about drive through records, um, kind of in the vein of going through album by album. And uh reached out to Brian and I was fortunate enough to have him say he was interested in something like that. But through talking, we kind of came to this idea that, you know, a podcast about one thing specifically like drive through records that only has so many releases, it, uh, it has a shelf life and we want something that can be, you know, we can endure with, I suppose. So we came up with this idea of just collections of episodes about a, a culturally important topic um, and I mean, that's, you can loosely define culturally important, important to one of us or to both of us. And, um, so the, the, the plan is we're going to do, you know, roughly 10 episodes about drive through records as that was the original, original topic and, uh, learn. So about we're going to make a hard pivot to the Iraq war. Yes. The Iraq be war. Very serious. I think that's good. It's <laughs> going to become uh, a podcast. I think we're going to try to get George W. Bush on for the second season. Yeah, so I'm we're gonna do our top to ten favorite military coups, our right. favorite U.S. interventions. <laughs> yes, the U.S. So, military. Exactly. <laughs> so I know everyone's here for the music, but it's definitely gonna become political and uh, controversial very quick uh, as the seasons progress. But um, so that's the idea. We'll 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 do a, a collection of episodes, then move on to, to something else. I mean, is there anything you wanted to add about uh, how we came to the pod or what, what your thoughts yeah. are on the concept? Um, yeah. Like, cause like when I hear the word zeitgeist, I think right now, but like, this is something that like, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at like the past and the present and maybe even the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm a little high too. So <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think your zeitgeist would definitely to me also kind of indicate the present, but I think so kind of reframing it in what our first collection is about, which is like the music and releases of, of drive through records. That's certainly something that's passe. I mean, the, the glory days of all of those artists and um, you know, between 15 and 20 years ago, but I think, what I hope to do is explore some of like the essential releases and the, the most um, influential artists that came out of this period from this particular label. And I think hope to discover how that influence is still kind of seen throughout the, the creative process and music industry today. So I think the zeitgeist can be affected a lot by the past and, and then, you know, how is it going to impact the future? So that's, that's kind of where I, where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I think a lot of like drive through, like or at least the aesthetic is kind of like apparent now in a way mm-hmm. or is like on the verge of coming back i'd say i mean it's very the early aesthetic was very diy because i mean honestly they didn't have a lot of money they they got bands that that they that they believed in i think and those bands kind of had to help they had to help pull the label up because it, it just kind of started from nothing so and i think that diy aesthetic is very much in again right now um, and a lot yeah. of a lot of music and 
uh, entertainment. Right. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation about how, like, DIY is, like, now it's more about... I mean, I was telling my mom about, like, how I was starting this podcast, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, people don't start bands anymore. They start podcasts. Right. <laughs> and it's, like, equally the same amount of, like, of, like, fear of commitment and, like, eagerness to, like, start, a, a like, a podcast with, like, the right people. Because I, like, secretly want to do a podcast with, like, friends for, like, the longest time. So I'm, yeah. like, really stoked to do this. But um, Same here, yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is super DIY. What we're doing is super DIY too, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. So I thought I think now's a good time to kind of maybe introduce ourselves. So, like I said earlier, I'm Alex. My co-host here is uh, Brian. Uh, although some of some of our listeners may know Brian better as his online persona, the Fentuzler. So uh, maybe if you want to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background and uh, whatever you think is relevant. Yeah, I feel like most of the people that are listening to this know me as the Fentuzler, and then like maybe a fourth of the people listening to this who are probably going to be like the other half of my friend, like <laughs> online friends who don't know about the Fentuzler or found out about the Fentuzler and brought it up to like the rest of my friends in our group chat, and I got really mad. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, just depending on where I decide to promote this, which, you know, like whether I do this on Facebook and Instagram and people listen to this more. Yeah, so maybe it might be half that know me as me and the other half know as Fentuzler. So, yeah, um, how do we how do you explain the Fentuzler? Like, that's just um, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, that could probably be a collection or a season all on its own, possibly. So, (laughs) yeah, that's a hard one to explain, like. Um, I re- like, I received a, um, a package in the mail from someone in, um, I guess our friend group uh-huh. and they wrote T Fentuzler on it. So I had to explain <laughs> that to a roommate. Nice. So like, like hey, the people you live with from... had no idea that you had this online persona. Or... Yeah. Okay. I ended up telling my, my most recent roommate about the Fentuzler. And then we ended up starting a D and D group together where I called my character Fentuzler. So I got to explain nice. that. So there are dual Fentuzlers in the world at one point. <laughs> well, very cool. E- doing equally nerdy things. But yeah, the Fentuzler is an unstoppable beast of a thing that I've committed to for, I guess, two years now, like okay. as of like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Wow. But I'd say that, I mean, this is like literally last night's the first time you and I have ever talked outside of Twitter. It seems that you are quite different from the actual, the Fentuzler character. Is that, is that fair or? I guess so. Yeah. I always thought of it as like an exaggeration of me, Mm -hmm. but like, um, that like was just, just for my own amusement. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's, it's just like, I choose to share like a lot of like really intense stuff yeah. through the Fentuzler as we we know. And, but like, yeah, there's like a lot that like, I just choose not to share through the Fentuzler. So yeah, it is kind of like, we were talking about like earlier today, like we were talking about like my job and like, I was telling you about like how, like, yeah, I don't, I never told anyone in, in our Twitter universe, like what I did uh-huh. as for a living as like when, like when like the Fentuzler started, which was at my old job because like that persona just didn't like, 
it wouldn't make it doesn't go hand in hand with what I did for a living. So it was right. like, yeah. So like, um, like yeah, I remember I was telling you earlier. I was like, yeah, I don't want. I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to think I was like a good person because of my job. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's some differences there. Like, um. Yeah, that's just one we'll have to. That's a nut we'll have to crack at a different time. I think. Yeah. Well, I think so. For me, I think. I mean, I'm excited to, to talk about um, our first topic and any topics beyond that. But for me, I'm actually really excited to get to know the person behind the Fentuzler, you, Brian, and see see what you're really like. Because I I think um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to get to know each other because we we don't know each other really. We know each other's yeah, kind of that, personas. That's what I was thinking too. It's like. We kind of like we've done a lot of trolling. We've been very insincere, like for like a lot on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and just yeah, just like annoying the shit out of people, probably. <laughs> Most definitely, and, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, now we're now we're sitting down having a semi-serious conversation, and we're just kind of embark on this adventure together. And I'm, for I'm, sure, I'm super excited. Yeah, I was just going to introduce myself um, for our listeners. I'm Alex. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm Alex, which is uh, not quite as uh, a, much of a character as maybe the Fentuzler, but it's definitely a, a heightened version of myself and a very specific version of myself that um, I think, it, I guess it's just all of my instincts to be as annoying as possible. And then I just kind of dump that onto Twitter and uh, it's... Um, it's who I am, but it's also a lot of who I'm not necessarily. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that through through this exploration of different topics and kind of putting my real self out there, that can be, I guess, the next layer peeled back on on who on who I am. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know that I have much more to add about myself, but that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, I feel like we'll figure it out when we as we go along. For sure. Okay, so episode zero, we're just kind of here to to do those formalities, which we just did, and now we're going to move on to to talking about what the first collection is going to be about, which is, um, as I framed it on Twitter, the legendary drive-through records. Uh, legendary. Are we sense. calling it a collection? Or are we calling it a season? I don't know. What do you want to? I mean, I'm open to that. I I know that we had with the. The title we had used the word collection, but we can. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like yeah, this would be collection one. Yeah. Episode zero. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like. I thought podcasts had seasons for some reason. I think they can have either. I mean, yeah. I watched that Great British Bake Off show, and like on Netflix, each one's called the collection. Oh, is it? Yeah, I've mm-hmm. never seen that. That's like that's got that's like a show I gotta watch if I'm in like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a relationship show. I is it? Like just based on past experiences, like any like thing in that genre, it, for me, it's got to be like, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's like sort of, it's, I don't want to say it's like a pre-sex show, but it's just like, it's like one of those shows you just watch like deep into a relationship when you're like bored of everything else. Right. That's just the vibe I get from it. For that, sure. Like, Gilmore Girls is like another one that I see a lot of chatter about mm-hmm. on Twitter now, especially. Yeah. And I feel left out because it's like, that's like another just relationship show. I feel like that, like at this point, I'm not even looking for right. like, a life partner. I just want someone to finally just sit me down and just show me all of Gilmore Girls together. 
I mean, I never watched it being single, so I can't say for sure, but I can say that I think it's an excellent show that I would recommend to anyone, regardless of their, their relationship status. Yeah, it's just got one of those just relationship shows vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Which so... Which is a real genre of TV that I invented. Is it? Okay. Relationship TV, yeah. Nice. Um, so, okay, so we're here to talk about drive through Records, um, as not I said, relationship TV. <laughs> not relationship TV. This is drive through <laughs> Records, which is not relationship music, I don't think. It's Maybe like it is. Maybe that's what we'll find well, out. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think in our tweet kind of uh, a day or two ago, I, I, considered, I consider the label legendary in the sense that it brought a lot of bands to the forefront and to the public eye that weren't there before that I think have shaped for a lot of people around my age, um, their musical tastes and musical sensibilities and just had a, a tremendous roster of artists uh, who I think accomplished so much both on the label and, and after, after the end of the label or after the end of their relationship with the label. Um, so I'm curious because the, the drive through records thing was my idea uh, and I kind of uh, twisted your arm into it. What what is what is what are your thoughts like when you heard drive through records or when that term when we first started talking about it what is your history with with any of the bands um, on this label It started like a really long time ago like it always drive through records and the and like the bands and like the the aesthetic um that all like signified to me like a sense of like unattainable coolness at mm -hmm. the time like I was in like middle school like sixth seventh grade i think my like friends older like cool older sister had like like a guitar amp with like all sort of like like band stickers and shit like with like they were all like mostly like drive-through record uh -huh. bands like Al i think like the first time i saw like alistair or like the movie life or some shit it was on like like a guitar case or something of like my friend's older sister who's like five six years older than us uh -huh. um I think the first time I saw, they're not a drive through band, but the first time I saw like the classic like glass jaw GJ logo uh -huh. was like on like her amp or something. And I remember seeing that and being like, I just, like I knew all these were bands and shit, but I just didn't, I wasn't like cool enough to know about like, or to know where to find them, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. like their music at least. So like, I remember, yeah. So I remember seeing like the glass jaw sticker and being like, that's so fucking sick. And then yeah. years later I find out, yeah, they are insanely sick, but also very <laughs> misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, but not anymore. Just that one album. They just he just really didn't like that one girl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um but yeah, so that was it for a while. And then, you know, I eventually just got into newfound glory like in like seventh grade and like sticks and stones was like really huge mm -hmm. self-titled like was even bigger for me yeah me too um, I, I agree that self-titled for me that's like the ultimate nfg album yeah that was the first time i heard them i heard like hit or miss i think uh-huh and then then i then i became obsessed with sticks and stones and like that's when i just be got like a bigger awareness of like drive-through records and like yeah like my friend got me into something corporate through like that one song, If You See Jordan. Uh-huh. I remember I had that like on a mix C D when I was like in seventh grade, and that was like the only song I knew by them for like the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, it, it was drive through records was there, but like 
I wasn't like obsessively like looking for every band at that point. I was just just really lo- in love with like Blink and, and Newfound Glory, basically. Yeah. <laughs> at that so point. For, so for me, it started. I one of my first concerts I ever went to was uh, Blink One Eight Two on the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket tour. I was fourteen, and uh, Midtown and Newfound Glory were opening for them. And I had never listened to either of those bands before, but I remember thinking the concert was sick. So I was like, okay, I want to, I want to explore these bands. And I think it was like the next day or like that following weekend, I went into a hot topic and I saw this compilation CD. It was called welcome to the family. And it was a drive-through comp with all like each band that was currently on their roster contributed one or two songs and so I, I, you know, flipped it over. I see, oh, this has Midtown and Newfound Glory. I'm gonna check this out and see, see what the rest of this is about. And that introduced me to like Finch, something corporate, the Benjamins, um, the movie life. And like at that point, I was kind of hooked. And I started building somewhat of a collection, particularly like with Newfound Glory and something corporate were the ones I really was really drawn to at first. And then I think it was probably. Four years later, they came out with the greatest hits, like drive through greatest hits. And I picked that up. And that's when I remembered I would see like on the sides of some of the drive through records, it would say like DTR number 12 or number 13. So like they labeled each one of their releases with a number and like some sort of OCD or completest part of my brain was like, oh, I need to collect all these. And that's like exactly what I did over the course of like two or three years. And I amassed this huge collection and just through doing that and discovering some of these bands that I otherwise wouldn't have listened to, um, it's an impressive body of work that these that the artists have been able to put together. And to me, that's what I, what I felt most impressed upon was just like what this music has accomplished and what it, what it has meant, I guess, to me over the years. So like, did this like form like your complete like taste in music at the time? I say so. So like, I mean, I grew up, I was a big like Elton John fan because that was what my dad was into. So I've been listening to that since I, like that's the first music I can remember. So like Elton John, Billy Joel. And then I kind of grew up and I got into more like radio pop. So I was big into Backstreet Boys and uh, NSYNC and Britney Spears and all that. And so that what I remember is, so the move kind of towards this thing was uh, watching MTV and seeing the making of and then the premiere of the Blink video for all the small things. And they're, uh, they're doing the parodies of all the boy band and Britney Spears type videos. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey, I, I actually like this song. The music was good. And these guys have a sense of humor because it's things I recognize. So then I picked up Enema of the state and got into Blink. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I still like these things that they're making fun of, like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But this is actually good music, too. And it's it's also relatable because they're singing about things I care about, like, you know, girls I like or parents who are pissing me off or whatever. And then I finally convinced my dad, please take me to a, a concert. They're coming to town. So he's the one that took me to this Blink show. And then I got into drive through And then that's from there where the shift kind of came and I was like, okay, Newfound Glory and Something Corporate. And to this day, those are still two, my two favorite drive-through bands and like Something Corporate. And then I've just followed Andrew McMahon through Jack's Mannequin and now his kind of solo project. So I, I think that in a very linear fashion, Backstreet Boys to Blink to this Welcome to the Family comp kind of made me the person I am from, a, from an artistic and aesthetic standpoint, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How old are you, by the way? I am so you, like, 33. Okay, so you're, yeah, you're two years older than me then. Okay. Damn. 
Yeah, I just turned 31. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got, uh, I think, five more months until I turn 34. So, Damn. So, yeah, so that was, that's my background with drive-thru. Um, so I, I didn't, maybe I didn't prepare enough, but I just wanted to go over some basic facts and I don't like being the band, like the person that's reading from a wiki, but um, <laughs> they were, they're an independent record label that was started in Sherman Oaks, California, um, uh, owned and operated by the Reigns siblings, Richard and Stephanie. And I think kind of like we've touched on with some of the bands, they had a, a pop punk sound with a lot of the bands they went after. Um, though that certainly changed throughout the years. I think as we explore some of the releases, they got more into some heavier music and then also more into like some more folky and um, song singer songwriter type vibes through some of their releases. So I think they were definitely a record label that could be wide ranging in what they were trying to put out. And um, so their first release was back in 1997 and they were a fairly active label up through 2008, which is when their last release was. So they had about an 11 year run and they put out uh, 83 releases. So not a, not a. Yeah. I remember them still being around when I was like in high school when like hello goodbye was first like popping off. Yeah, and I think that was like one of their last really big releases. Uh, I mean, yeah. they had, so Halifax was like a thing for a while. Yeah, Halifax was a big one. So that's kind of like the 2005 to 2007 era of the label, which yeah. was kind of like their second golden era, probably. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to talk about Hello Goodbye. That shit was awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I mean, that's just kind of a, a brief background on on the label, um, and let's just. I want to read through some of the the list of bands that were on their roster. Um, Cause I mean, that's some truly amazing bands that have um, either directly or other members have gone on to do incredible things. We've got dashboard confessional, the early November Finch, hello, goodbye. Uh, like you mentioned, something corporate the starting line, RX bandits, of course, newfound glory and midtown. Um, so those are I think the biggest ones that I am seeing on, on this list, but it, it goes on. It's quite an extensive um, roster. Yeah. They were kind of like fueled by ramen before fueled by ramen was like, sure. Thing, kind of, mm-hmm. even though I think they overlap a little bit, but like, I feel like we're like drive through is like the flagship pop punk label. Right. I think um, fueled by ramen sort of kind of took that spot like later i guess like a couple years later yeah and i think that fueled by ramen has somehow managed to be more enduring because i think at this point now they've been around a lot longer than 11 years and i mean i haven't yeah kept up they, with them, and they've had I, like a gazillion bands that were like the biggest band in the world at one point absolutely yeah so i think maybe they got the recipe maybe they perfected the recipe and figure out how to make it more long lasting and i i mean i don't know necessarily what all the differences would be but that's that's definitely an interesting point that i think uh drive through was kind of the forebearer for that um for that so i guess we can just wrap up by talking about what we're looking forward to talking to in this this first collection i think you mentioned one of them already which was the hello goodbye um, what else kind of comes to mind as being stoked to talk about uh, over the next um, couple of months? Well, we kind of put like a short list together of like 
releases we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Hella Goodbyes EP and LP being one of them. Right. And then the one I'm most stoked for is the comp episode. I forget the name of the comp. It's like a really long comp. It's called drive through records and pure volume.com. Yeah. Bands you love have heard of and should know. So kind of a lengthy title, but yeah, I'm stoked for that one too. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm stoked to hear the ones that like you suggested that I've never heard before. Cause I did a, a lot of research like listening wise, mm-hmm. but, um, there's still some that I haven't heard. Like I think the Benjamins you mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Yeah, that's one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to exploring the music, and it's going to be, I think, very nostalgic for me because some of these uh, albums I haven't listened to in a long time. But I hope that they are good and that I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yeah, like listening to a lot of this stuff is like really taking me back to it's like it's like taking me back to being like an awkward middle schooler just like listening to the early november specifically the acoustic ep i'm just like this is like way like i was like such a whiny kid like yeah. this is what i was listening to like i was really into dash into dashboard but then like the early november is just even more painful yeah. like in a good way i mean like, right for sure <laughs> but yeah um yeah it's gonna be an adventure but i'm excited for it yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking about some of these releases some of these bands and maybe just trying to figure out um what was the recipe for success that this label managed to have and maybe what was the what was the recipe for downfall that they seem to have uh accomplished as well because they're not they're not around anymore um like, so why like what what happened why is that yeah, there are like there are like a bunch of labels like that that were like ones that were like huge, and then they just went up. like remember like Vagrant Records like that was another I do, yeah mm-hmm. that was another big pop punk label for a while, and they kind of switched to like more of like an indie thing, and then I don't even know if they exist anymore, but they had like every fucking band. Yeah, and I'm, I was I, like in middle school and high school, and then now they're like they're gone, and then yeah. yeah. So who knows? We'll maybe we'll we'll find out what happened. Maybe it'll still be a mystery. We don't know. Maybe. Well, I think that should wrap it up for episode zero. Unless you had any any other thoughts or any closing closing remarks, Brian. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I had some notes, but they're on my phone, <laughs> and I'm currently charging my phone and yeah (laughs) and i'm i got zoom open on my phone so i can't access my notes but nice um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see like yeah because like some of the stuff i'm gonna be hearing for the first time in like 10 years i think yeah so that's gonna be a real trip but for sure uh closing remarks um i got nothing me I wish either. I had something, but I got nothing. <laughs> and maybe that's the best closing <laughs> remark of all. So, all right. Well, we'll see you guys on episode one. Thank you. Yeah. Peace. <laughs>